welcome to episode number 294 of Sleep Whispers. Tonight, you'll hear a Whisperpedia episode about Captain Bontico and his bad luck voyage of 1618. I'm Harris, and I hope this podcast helps to adventure, or misadventure, 
filled with many moments of bad luck. But as you listen, you will also hear he does have many moments of good luck. And in case you fall asleep, yes, he does finally get back home to Holland. But he probably regrets that last pit stop in Ireland. <laughs> okay, let's begin tonight's Whisperpedia. The following are select sections and details from the Wikipedia article titled Willem Bottego, as well as some adapted sections from a book about his bad luck voyage. Willem Bontico was born in Holland in 1587, and perhaps under an unlucky star. His early life as a sea captain was filled with unfortunate occurrences. In 1617, he was attacked by Barbary pirates who stole his ship and then sold him to be auctioned as a slave. Fortunately, supporters did buy him his freedom so he could return to his life as a sea captain. The next year, in 1618, he got a new ship and enlisted in the service of the Dutch East India Company. With a crew of 206 men, he soon headed for India on his first and only voyage for that company. Let me describe what Captain Pontico held in his ship and you will easily see how things are going to go awry. Pontico was transporting 310 barrels of gunpowder for the company. Next to the barrels of gunpowder were barrels of oil. Next to the barrels of oil were barrels of coal. Next to the barrels of coal were barrels of flammable brandy. Now, combine all of that with a crew who loves to drink the brandy. And as well, the need to use candles so you can see these barrels in the dark hull of a ship. Yeah, things are going to go sideways. At the start of the voyage, the customary route along the coast of Africa was followed. There were the usual storms, the usual broken masts, and the customary number of sick sailors. The weather soon cleared after they rounded the southern tip of Africa, and all seemed to be smooth sailing. However, the unlucky star of 
Captain Bondico was about to return. On November 19, 1619, one of his crew went into the hold to get himself some drink from the large barrels of brandy. It was very dark in the hold, and therefore he had taken a candle with him. While getting some brandy, the shipmate allowed some of the burning candle to fall into the brandy barrel. The next moment, the brandy inside the barrel had caught fire. Fortunately, there were two pails of water standing nearby, and the fire was easily extinguished. A lot more water was pumped on the dangerous barrels, and the fire, as far as anyone could see or smell, had been put out. Or, so they thought. Half an hour later, the dreadful cry of fire was heard once more all through the ship. This time, the coals, which were in the hold near the brandy, and which were used for the kitchen stove and the blacksmith shop, had caught fire. They filled the hold with poisonous gas and a thick yellow smoke. For the second time, the water pumps were set to work to fill the hold with water, but the air inside the hold was so bad that the men had a difficult task. As the hours went by, the fire grew worse. Bontico proposed to throw the cargo of gunpowder overboard, but a representative of the Dutch East India Company was also on board, and his job was to protect the commercial interest of the company. The company rep clearly forbade the disposal of the company's gunpowder. He told the captain to leave it where it was and just try to put out the fire. Bontico obeyed, but soon his men could no longer stand the smoke in the hold. Large holes were then hacked through the deck, and the water was poured on the cargo. Now, Bontico was not always a man who was great in a crisis. He spent his time running about the ship, giving many orders, the majority of which were to no great purpose. Meanwhile, he didn't notice that part of the crew, for fear of being blown up, had lowered the boats and were getting ready to leave the ship. The company rep, who had just told the captain to save the gunpowder, had been the first to get in those boats. The company rep was soon safely riding the waves in a small boat far away from the doomed ship. For 
about 190 men still on board. There was only one way to salvation. They must try to put out the fire. Under personal command of their captain, they set to work and pumped and pumped and pumped. But the fire had reached several barrels of oil and there was a dense smoke. The next idea was to finally just throw the 310 barrels of gunpowder overboard. The men worked with desperate speed, but the fire reached the barrels much more quickly than the crew could toss them in the ocean. A few moments later, the ship blew upwards, with every piece of the ship being scattered towards heaven. Here is what Bontico wrote later in his journal. Quote, And I, Captain Willem Bontico, commander of the ship, also flew through the sky, and I thought that my end had come. So I stretched my hands, and I stretched my arms toward heaven, and I said, Oh dear Lord, there I go. Please have pity on this miserable sinner, because I thought that now, in the next moment, my life would be over. But all the time that I was flying through the air, I kept my mind clear, and I found there was happiness in my heart. Yes, I was quite joyful. And so I came down and landed in the water between pieces of the ship, which had been blown into little scraps. End quote. In the water, the captain found a piece of the mainmast and climbed on top of it. Soon, he noticed a young German who had been on board as a common sailor was floating on a large piece of the ship's stern. Using a long pole he had pulled out of the water, the German helped Bontico from the mast to the floating piece of stern. They didn't see any other survivors in the water, except for those seventy men who had climbed into a pair of boats before the explosion. Fortunately, those two boats came rowing back looking for survivors. The captain and the German were lifted into the already crowded boats. It was soon clear to everyone in these crowded boats that they only had a little bread and no drinkable water. So during the night, the two boats remained within the floating debris, hoping that daylight would reveal some food and beverages among the wreckage in the morning. 
the men awoke the next day to find that their boats had drifted away from the wreckage due to the wind. There was now no chance to get any of the ship's remaining food. Eight pounds of bread made up the total provisions for seventy-two hardy men. Their next concern was navigation. Although the small boats had masts, the men forgot to grab sails during their hasty escape. Pontico, who seemed to be getting wiser as the crisis worsened, had an idea. He ordered the men to give up their shirts, and sure enough, a large sail for each boat was made. The crew agreed that the coast of Sumatra was probably about 70 miles east, so they headed in that direction. The luck of this voyage seemed to vacillate frequently, and it next went in their favor. Their first night was blessed with a hard rain. The men used their quilted shirt sails to catch the rain and save the water in some small barrels that had been in the boats. A drinking cup was cut out of a wooden stopper, and each of the sailors in turn got a few drops of water to drink. They sailed on for many hours, becoming dreadfully hungry. At some point, some seagulls flew a bit too close to the boat and became a quick meal for the hungry men. The two boats were not the same size. One was a bit larger than the other and therefore also had the bigger sail. As a result, the smaller boat couldn't keep up with the larger boat. After much deliberation, everyone decided to cram into the larger boat rather than risking the boats losing each other in the open sea. Their next meal consisted of flying fish when a shoal of them swam by and some of those fish landed in the boat. On the thirteenth day, after the ship exploded, a severe thunderstorm once again filled their small barrels up with fresh water. On this same day, the men sighted land in the distance and were able to reach it the next day. The landfall was an uninhabited island which did have coconuts, but no fresh water. The men feasted on the meat and the milk of the coconuts to such an extent that most were overcome with pain and illness. This was a discomfort that was considered worthwhile. Pontico figured that the coast of Sumatra was about 15 miles away now 
the men filled the boat with coconuts and continued their voyage of hope. Sure enough, they reached Sumatra within seventy hours. Once back on terra firma, they made a fire to dry their clothes and to rest from the fatigue of this terrible experience. Some of the sailors went exploring, finding the ashes of an old fire, and near it some tobacco along with some beans. The beans were eaten quite voraciously, once again making many of them sick. As they tried to sleep off the gut pain from their bean feast, they were attacked by natives of the island. The men had no weapons, but they sent the natives fleeing by defending themselves with sticks and pieces of burning wood from the fire. The next morning, the natives sent three messengers to talk with the shipwrecked men. They wanted to know why these men had come to their island. They were told the story of the exploding ship and the agonizing journey in the cramped boat. Pontico relayed that he came in peace and would pay for all the supplies that they had taken from the natives the day before. The natives were pleased and came back with chickens, rice, and more food, for which Pontico gave them money. The natives confirmed that they had landed on Sumatra, and Java was a little farther to the east. Pontico and his men decided to remain in Sumatra for several days to once again replenish their health, spirit, and supplies before continuing their journey home to Holland. He took a little trip with four shipmates up a nearby river to buy more food. One of the items ended up being a water buffalo. His four men initially tried to bring the water buffalo back to their camp, but quickly gave up. They told the captain they would stay in the village overnight and tackle this transport challenge in the morning after getting some rest. Pontico wasn't keen on staying overnight, so he paid two natives to bring him back to his camp that day in their canoe. He paid them exactly what they requested before they departed. However, during the journey back, they demanded more money and threatened his life. Feeling unsure of what to do, he just started singing a very silly song at the top of his voice in the jungle. This apparently amused the natives so much that they laughed excessively 
and kept battling him right to his camp without requesting more money again. The next morning, some natives appeared with a water buffalo, but it wasn't the same one he had purchased. His four shipmates also hadn't returned yet, and the natives were acting very suspicious. A lot of confusion erupted between his crew and the natives. Suddenly, several hundred natives appeared from the bushes and attacked them. They fought while also fleeing back to their boat. In the end, there were some casualties, and only 56 of his crew members now remained. They sailed a short distance to Java, and then made another cautious landfall to quickly get more food supplies. After finding some clams and fresh water to add to the chickens they had already had, they launched back into the sea once again. They sailed all day long, but at night, there came so violent a wind that the sails had to be taken down. Bontico landed his boat on another island, but it had very meager food and water supplies. With spirits down, they continued their journey. Within a few days, they suddenly saw a large Dutch fleet of 23 ships. Pontico knew one of the captains, so all of his men boarded that ship with exuberance. They were fed, clothed, and brought to Batavia, the new capital of the Dutch East Indies. The governor of Batavia treated them well and appointed Pontico captain of a new ship. Pontico remained in Java for a while, transporting provisions between Java and the other colonies. He was later assigned to do work for the Dutch East India Company in China. After two years of being in China, Pontico wanted to return home to Holland. In February of 1625, he was given command of a ship that was assigned to go to Holland. Like his initial departure from Holland, his return voyage would also be filled with calamity. His cargo wasn't gunpowder this time, it was pepper. This should have guaranteed smooth sailing. Yet, once again, it will be his cargo that causes him some pain. On his voyage home, his ship ran into a terrible storm, and the waves threatened to swamp the ship. Pontico ordered the men to work the pumps as hard as they could. The storm was so bad that the stowed 
pepper in the hold broke loose. The pepper then got into the pumps and clogged them. The crew fixed this by putting baskets around the lower parts of the pumps to keep the pepper out. Unlike last time, the crew were able to save their ship. They continued onward, finally almost reaching home, except for a quick stop in Ireland. This should have been brief, but it turned into another unexpected challenge. As expected, his men were feeling the fatigue of being at sea for such a long time. Pontico happily sent them ashore in Ireland for some much-deserved rest. The sailors soon found their way to several Irish inns and couldn't get enough of the fine Irish pub hospitality. Pontico finally ordered them back on the ship, but they refused. He had to enroll the help of the mayor of the city. The mayor ordered the pubs to not extend the sailors any further credit for their drinks. This worked like a charm, because most of the men had already run out of money. The drunken sailors returned to the ship while also being half-chased by the innkeepers who demanded that they pay their tabs. Bontico dug into his own coin purse and paid the innkeepers what was owed them. He was just happy to be able to finally depart Ireland and to head home. On November 25th, 1625, Pontico finally returned to Holland, happy to be home once again. And that was his last voyage for the Dutch East India Company. This is the end of tonight's Whisperpedia episode. I hope you are deeply relaxed. If you'd like to listen to many more Whisperpedia episodes right now, then peek in the episode notes or visit sleepwhispers.com or perhaps now ready to fall deeply asleep. If so,